Factors delicious, ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You'll have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. What are you guys waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. The options are endless with Factor. Two-minute meals. Fill up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. How about some snacks, some smoothies, and more? Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Factor is also the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, upscale options done easily. And you guys can be very flexible with your schedule. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. And the most important part, there's no prep. No mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. So there's no prepping. There's no cooking or cleanup that is needed. If that sounds great to you guys, head to factormeals.com slash script 50 and use code script 50 to get 50% off. That's code script 50 at factormeals.com slash script 50 to get 50% off. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for February 20th, 2023. I'm your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday evening. (laughs) I don't believe it, man. I swear to God, man. I, I really... I really don't believe what I heard tonight, man. Well, we'll talk about we'll talk about my good old buddy Omas a little bit later on in the show, man. What what a fucking comedian he is, man. Really, he wants to be a part of WrestleMania so badly that he's begging Brock Lesnar for a match, man, because he's tall and he's the Nigerian giant, man. Wow, man. Holy shit, I didn't get a, I didn't get a laugh like that all last week, man. 
Thank you to Omas tonight, man, for really making uh, Monday Night Raw, at least for five minutes, comedy hour on this Monday night. Let's get into the serious, the serious stuff. We'll, we'll talk about Omas a little bit later. Monday Night Raw tonight, man. Um, It was, to me, it wasn't a bad show. It wasn't a bad show. I think Monday Night Raw largely has been uh, a lot better over the last couple of weeks. Uh, I know going into the Royal Rumble, there was a little bit of a, of a lull going into Raw. And coming out of the Elimination Chamber, coming out of the Royal Rumble, there's been some decent Raws. Tonight, it felt like a cold one. There really wasn't much as far as excitement is concerned, and everybody's really still on the, uh, on the Sami Zayn narrative coming out of the Elimination Chamber, so much so that other podcasters in the community, I- I'm glad that there have been some sensible ones that uh, uttered the same thing that I did coming out of Saturday night. Looking back at it, uh, I watched the match back again uh, for a second time just to kind of get a feeling after the fact. Uh, I watched it today actually on the train uh, going home from the gym, and I watched it back, and I kind of had a little bit more time to let it sit and digest I still firmly believe that Jay Uso uh, should have been the one to get that unbelievable, catastrophic heat on him on Saturday night. But coming out of the Elimination Chamber and coming into Monday, those were the big questions. Everybody still wants Sami Zayn in the main event of WrestleMania. They certainly left it open for you at the end of the Chamber. And believe it or not, they actually left it open again tonight. On Monday Night Raw, the open of the show saw Sami Zayn come out. He got a major reaction in Ottawa. It wasn't as big as Montreal on Friday, and it certainly was nowhere close to what he got on Saturday. But he got another standing ovation. He came out to Worlds Apart. They still got his old theme playing, which I think is a great look for Sami Zayn. I hope that it stays and it's not just for the uh, interim here. Sami Zayn shows up on Monday night and he says like he feels like he let everybody down. He feels like he let everybody down on Saturday and it was an amazing match no matter how you look at it. He should not be feeling like he let anybody down. He wanted to talk to Kevin Owens and Kevin Owens comes out and they meet face to face. And the last time we saw Kevin Owens was on Saturday night. And Kevin Owens, he really didn't aid in Sami Zayn winning the championship or helping Sami Zayn beat Roman Reigns. But he did help Sami Zayn fend off the bloodline. One of the big questions coming out of Saturday was, where was Kevin Owens? Why did it take Kevin Owens so long to get out there and help Sami Zayn, why didn't he show up and help Sami Zayn beat Roman for the world championships? That was answered tonight. That was one of the things that they squared away tonight. Kevin Owens flat out told Sami Zayn, I didn't go out there to help you. I didn't do what I did on Saturday to help you. I did what I did on Saturday night for me. For me. I dislike Roman. I dislike the bloodline. He said that he had to watch 
You know, as he was handcuffed to the ropes, the bloodline beat him down into a, a fucking bloody mess at the Royal Rumble. And then he could not stand to see all of that done again at the Elimination Chamber. And then he mentioned to Sami Zayn, you were the one who watched all that go down. You didn't do anything to stop any of that. I showed up at the Elimination Chamber, not for you, but for me. Sammy said, we need to do this together. You couldn't take out the bloodline. I couldn't take out the bloodline, clearly. And I think we could see the bloodline fall if we joined forces. Sami Zayn wants to see the end of the bloodline, and he feels like they could do it together. They need to be together for it to happen, and he wants Kevin Owens to be on board. He wants KO to be on board to take down the bloodline, and he wants him by his side. Kevin Owens said no. Kevin Owens told Sami Zayn, no, I'm not going to help you. Why don't you go ask your best buddy, Jey Uso, and then he walks away. Kevin Owens has been one of the hottest baby faces since Triple H has taken over WWE creative last summer. His portrayal on Monday Night Raw has been that of a badass. And he's gotten incredibly over on Monday night. Tonight was the first time since Triple H has taken over that Kevin Owens walked out of that ring with a chorus of boos following behind him. Now, I don't think that's going to stay that way. I don't think that's going to stay that way. But as of right now, the storyline is coming out of the Elimination Chamber. Kevin Owens did not want to help Sami Zayn win the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. He did what he did on Saturday night for himself. I'm glad that they tied up that loose end because that was a huge logic gap. Whether you want to overlook it, whether you want to ignore it, whether you just want to kind of dive in headfirst to this silly world known as professional wrestling that we all love, it, it did not make any sense. Looking at it from a firsthand point of view, Kevin Owens not coming out there to help Sami Zayn did not make sense on Saturday night. Tonight they made sense of it, which I'm glad that they did because like I said, that was a huge glaring logic gap in Saturday's story. So they tied that up, and he gave his explanation as to why he showed up late to the party and didn't really help Sami Zayn win the world championships from Roman Reigns. What they also did is they didn't really give you any indication of a tag team match happening at WrestleMania, the rumored tag team match with Jey Uso, Jimmy Uso, Sami Zayn, and Kevin Owens for the undisputed tag team championships. That's going to be now five weeks left to go before we actually get any sort of confirmation that that tag team match is going down. I do believe that it is going down. WWE has five weeks of television left after this week to continuing to build Mon uh, Monday night and Friday night going into WrestleMania. They got five weeks of WrestleMania build left. That was one of the major reasons why they did what they did on Saturday night at the Elimination Chamber. They wanted six weeks of captivating television, six more weeks of captiva captivating storyline to take place on Monday and Friday night. That's great. But you only get one chance at the heel turn for Jey Uso or the turn on Sami Zayn. You only get one chance with a 
crowd that loud to do it in Montreal. It was the right setting. It was the right time. And they didn't do it. They're never going to be able to duplicate that on a random Monday or a random Friday. They're never going to be able to duplicate that turn on SmackDown or Raw that they should have did at the Elimination Chamber. But they did leave it open again. Tonight, they did leave it open for Sami Zayn in the eyes of the fans to possibly be the one to take down Roman and the bloodline. Nothing was mentioned about a tag team match tonight. Nothing. They left it open. Kevin Owens walked out. Sami Zayn using words to KO. I want to see the bloodline fall. Blah, 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 blah. Nothing about Jimmy Uso. Nothing about Jay Uso. It's all directed at Roman. Everything about it is directed at Roman. WWE is leaving it open for five weeks. And it's going to be something that we have to pay attention to. And it's something that I did pay attention to. Now, yes, they were in Ottawa. Yes, they were still in Canada. Cody Rhodes came out later in the show and had one of the weakest segments so far this WrestleMania season with Paul Heyman, believe it or not. I'll get to that a little bit later. I'm paying attention to the reaction. I'm not saying that they're going to change plans going into WrestleMania. I'm not saying that they're going to add Sami Zayn to anything regarding Cody and Roman, but I want you guys to pay attention, or at least from this point on, start paying attention to the reactions of Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes. Yes, they were in Ottawa, and yes, it's a little bit of an unfair situation, but next next week would be a better tell with a more neutral fan base, a more neutral crowd in the States between Sami Zayn and, and Cody Rhodes. Right now, Sami Zayn is still the odds-on favorite of the fans. Sami Zayn is the man of the people right now. Cody Rhodes is not. I don't give a shit what you say. And listen, before I even get into what I want to say here, I am still in agreement with WWE going with Cody and Roman at WrestleMania. There's still a lot of people pushing the, the, the Sami Zayn narrative and you know, let's make it a triple threat. Let's do Sammy on night two and Cody on night one and all this other bullshit. I mean, thank God some of these fucking internet Twitter geeks are not booking the show. Those are awful ideas. Awful ideas. I said this for weeks. There, there are several reasons why they did not pull the trigger for Sami Zayn to win the world championship. I don't know what you guys are not understanding. It is a very simple fucking conclusion as to why they didn't put the title on Sami Zayn. I don't give a shit how over he is. I would have loved to see it, but it doesn't make sense. It's a great story, but it doesn't make sense. First of all, Roman Reigns is 900 and some odd day. What is it, 904 days? 904 days as undisputed champion. You're six weeks before WrestleMania and you want to take Roman Reigns out of the WrestleMania main event after 900 days because you want a feel-good moment in Montreal with Sami Zayn? That doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't make sense to me at all. That would would be like the fucking 1996-1995 Atlanta Braves going into the fucking World Series taking John Smoltz and Greg Maddox out of their fucking rotation against the Yankees. 
It doesn't really matter because they got fucking beaten. But it's, it's, it's not a good look. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Honestly, that was the big deciding factor. Who do you want going into WrestleMania as your world champion? Roman Reigns or Sami Zayn? Secondly, if you put Sami Zayn in a match against Cody or Roman or you do a triple threat match with Sami, Cody, and Roman, where are you putting Kevin Owens on the WrestleMania card? Where are you putting Jimmy and Jey Uso on the WrestleMania card? They deserve a match or matches at WrestleMania, not, you know, a role in seeing a storyline play out, just show up and be a part of this angle that we're doing. They deserve matches. So realistically, you're leaving three guys, three unbelievable talents off the WrestleMania card because you want Sami Zayn to win the world championship from Roman Reigns. No. And last, but certainly not least, Vince McMahon. Brian Alvarez asked, nobody came to a solid conclusion on why they could not give the title to Sami Zayn at the Elimination Chamber. That's what the narrative on The Observer was. So I kindly tweeted Brian Alvarez. Brian, two words why they didn't give the title to Sami Zayn. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. 95, yes, the Braves won. I I know, 96 is the the year. Trust me. I know, I'm a Braves fan. I got the hat on every fucking stream. I know. Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. That is the reason why Sami Zayn did not win the world championship. Do you honestly think Vince McMahon would send Sami Zayn over Roman Reigns into WrestleMania as his world champion? Oh, but uh, uh, Vince McMahon is not running creative. If you don't think Vince McMahon has a say on who the fucking world champion is going into their biggest show of the year, you're a complete idiot. An idiot. Of course Vince McMahon has to say. Triple H said so himself that he discusses creative with Vince McMahon. There was even a rumor going around last week that Vince McMahon is helping booking this angle. He's helping with this storyline. You don't think Vince McMahon has his say on who the world champion is going into WrestleMania? Come on now. Give me a break. But they did leave it open Coming out of Monday Night Raw tonight. And that's fine. That's fine. But it's going to end up exactly what we have been saying it's going to end up as. It's going to be Sammy and KO. I'm a little bit, I feel a little bit better coming out of the Elimination Chamber with what they did. I do. But you got to start paying attention to the reactions. I don't give a shit what Cody says. I don't give a shit what WWE wants to push as the biggest match of the night. Cody Rhodes is not the biggest story going into WrestleMania. He's not. And he won't be. We got five weeks of this, and he won't be. Everybody's on board solely behind Sami Zayn. Cody Rhodes, believe it or not, and sadly, and this is the unfortunate state of WWE right now, Cody and Roman is not the biggest story going into WrestleMania. It's Sami and KO, Sami Zayn going into WrestleMania and whatever he ends up doing. Point blank, period. Some of you might not want to hear that. There are more and more people coming to me on Twitter and coming to me in the comments telling me that they feel Cody Rhodes is forced. That right now they don't have any interest in Cody Rhodes and all of their interest is in in Sami Zayn. Now, that's kind of unfair, But I do agree 
that WWE right now did not anticipate Sami Zayn getting this hot. The injury to Cody Rhodes really derailed where he should be for this. And building Cody and Roman in six weeks is not going to be more important than Sami Zayn going into WrestleMania. I'm sorry. But they did leave it open. And I wonder why WWE did leave it open. Is it because they want to tell the best story that they can? Or are they really contemplating putting Sami Zayn in a bigger role going into WrestleMania? Because they could weave it now that Sami wants to take down the bloodline and he needs to do it himself. And he wants to do it and beat Roman. Cody said, finish his story. Tonight, he said to Paul Heyman, I'm going to finish my story. Sammy did not finish his story, and they left his story open on Saturday, and they left it open on Monday, tonight. So they did leave it open just as a possible plan B, but that's not where we're going. It's going to be KO and Sammy, and they're dragging this shit out for a few weeks until we get the handshake or the hug And we're going to get that turn by Jey Uso. He's still conflicted. Is he in or is he out? They want to build television. They want to build television. I trust the process. I think Triple H in charge of this is going to tell the right story. It's going to end up great no matter where it happens and what happens on the road to WrestleMania. But I mean, looking at it from a fan's point of view, the amount of heat that could have been had with Jey Uso turning on Saturday instead of prolonging this for a couple of weeks because they want to build television, I feel like still it was a missed opportunity. And if it was a decision, if you if you held a gun to my head and asked me to make a decision, I probably would have pulled the trigger on Saturday and worried about whatever comes on Monday and Friday after the fact. The tag team match should have been made Coming out of Saturday, the turn should have been made coming out of Saturday, and we should have went into this week with what we got with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and you could have built off that. There's no reason why they couldn't do what they should have did on Saturday and then do what they did with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens tonight and build that story for the next few weeks and then give us the match. That's my whole point. Yeah, they did what they did on Saturday, and they did what they did tonight with KO and Sammy, but it could have been the same exact thing if they did the Jey Uso turn and they let Jey Uso turn on Sammy on Saturday, do what they did with KO and Sammy tonight. It would have been the same exact thing. You would have had weeks of television around Sammy and KO instead of revolving around KO and Jey Uso and where Jey Uso's uh, loyalties lie. Is it with Sammy or is it with the bloodline? That's my point. Now, again, I don't know how we're going to end up with this tag team match. I I don't. Is Jay going to turn? Is Jay going to really turn on Sammy? Is he going to vilify Sammy? Is it going to be a heel Usos versus a babyface KO on Sammy? Or is it going to be something along the lines of Jay Uso still doesn't know? How long are they going to drag that? That's the next question. How long are they going to drag out Jay Uso contemplating where he wants to be. Because I said it on Saturday, with what they did on Saturday, not only do I feel like they made a mistake, 
But I feel like at the end of it all, that Jay Uso potentially could be set up for a much bigger storyline that nobody really is even thinking about. Because this entire bloodline story started with Jay. Jay Uso was the one who was lost, and he was, you know, a, a rebel with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns reeled him in. Roman Reigns made him fall in line with the bloodline. This is all while, you know, he was without his brother. Jimmy was hurt. Jay Uso fell in line with the bloodline. This whole thing, the whole bloodline started with Jay. Are they building a bloodline conclusion with the bloodline starting with Jay and ending with Jay? For all we know, we could get this tag team match and Jay Uso come WrestleMania, they could make this decision at WrestleMania where his loyalties lie. We could go into that tag team match with them putting the tag team titles on the line because Adam Pearce said so and because Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn want to start with them and take them down and then take down Roman. It's easier to go after them instead of going after Roman. They don't want to step on Cody's toes. We could see all of this lead into WrestleMania and still don't get an answer as to where Jey Uso really is. Is he in or is he out? We could get that tag team match going off, and at the end of the match, we could see Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso show respect to Sami Zayn, going against the bloodline and what the bloodline believes in, because Sami, Sami stood for himself, and there's nobody that knows that better than Jay Uso. Sami did what Jay Uso could not. Sami did what Jimmy Uso could not. They both ended up falling in line. And then maybe on Sunday, maybe it's not Sammy. Maybe it's not KO. Maybe it's not Jimmy. Maybe it's Jey Uso turning on Roman and Jey Uso costing Roman Reigns the world championship. And the Usos leave the bloodline, leaving Roman Reigns all by himself. I don't know. I don't know. There are... Multiple roads this story could really go down. But WWE is trying their best to create captivating television. And what they did tonight with KO and Sammy was great. I thought that was fantastic stuff. Sammy looked like he wanted to cry. Sammy got emotional being in the ring with KO. It's tough to not get emotional when they're real-life best friends. But we are on the... Verge of watching something really epic play out. We realistically could be looking at the end of the bloodline. Now, I must say, you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of people are predicting, oh, Roman Reigns is going to lose the title to Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is going to finish his story. Is he really, though? Is he really? I think a lot of people right now looking at this, I think they're slowly starting to come to a conclusion that Roman Roman may not lose the championships. Roman may not lose the championships at WrestleMania to Cody Rhodes. Everybody's hanging on this 1,000 days. WWE's going to let Roman get to 1,000 days. Man, that looks like a pretty number. That looks like a great round number. For Roman Reigns. WWE loves their round numbers. WWE loves their history-making moments. A thousand days for Roman Reigns. I mean, why not? They've gotten this far. By the time we get to WrestleMania, he will be at 940-some-odd days. 
as world champion. He'll be he w- he'll be close to 950 days as world champion. What's another 50 days? What's another two months? There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ask yourself that question, what is another two months? Because the general consensus right now is, uh, Cody's forced. I would rather see Roman retain. Cody's story's not going to be told at the level that it should in five weeks compared to Sami Zayn. Just think about it. If you're a fan, do you want to see Roman lose the championships? I don't know if the fans want to see Roman lose that championship. Do you want my honest opinion? I honestly feel like we need more than five weeks to get the storyline with Cody to mean something. I don't think they're going to be able to tell an adequate story in five weeks. Not enough that's going to rival Sami Zayn. The tag team championships and the story with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens going into WrestleMania is going to be greater than Cody Rhodes chasing the world championships. That in itself is a fucking fail. And I know Cody's their guy. I know Cody's their hand-chosen one. But Cody could still win the championship and lose at WrestleMania, only win the championship somewhere else. Maybe we get it in the middle of the summer. Maybe we get it at SummerSlam. I don't know. But if you're asking me, getting Roman another 50 days, another two months, trade a Roman win, or Cody win, rather, trade a Cody win at WrestleMania, in for two more months of epic storytelling on WWE TV? I think that's a gamble I'd be willing to take. I don't know about you guys. Trade Cody's potential win at WrestleMania for two more months of Roman and the bloodline in this story and more story like this on WWE television? It's quite the enticing offer if you ask me. WWE doesn't have any other stories that even rival this one on WWE television right now. They may end up doing that. It's going to be very difficult to start a whole brand new story outside this when this is over. And WrestleMania is looked at as the end of the season. You could be looking at WrestleMania being the end of the bloodline, and maybe they want to tie up everything and end it at WrestleMania and see it come to its conclusion. I don't know. I don't know. But Cody Rhodes is still the guy. I don't want to take anything away from Cody. I think Cody's a, a master storyteller. I've complimented Cody time and time and time again, no matter where he is, in AEW, in WWE. He is one of the greatest storytellers of our generation. Whatever he does with Roman is going to be great. But are the fans going to care enough more than Sammy? No. 
Is Cody and Roman going to duplicate or come close to what Sammy and Roman did at the Elimination Chamber? No, they're not. Are they going to be able to take their story in five weeks and make it more important than Sami Zayn's story going into WrestleMania? No, they're not. We are well beyond that. And you guys need to settle with that as what it is. Cody is not going to be the most important priority to the fans this WrestleMania season. It's over. It's Sami Zayn. There's no way that they could fix that in five weeks. No way. Sami Zayn's got nine months on Cody. There's no way in five weeks Cody is going to be more important than Sami Zayn. It's just the way that it is. It's just the way that it is. But there are a lot of open-endedness. There is a lot of open-endedness to this storyline. We just don't know which way WWE is going to go. And that's the great thing that I love about Triple H. Always keeping people on their toes. He did it in black and gold. He did it in NXT for however long. And he's doing it now on the main roster. I would love to be a fly on the wall when he's sitting in in a creative meeting, man. The, The man is probably fucking happier than a pig in shit. Booking the way he used to do in NXT. Now on the main roster with their budget and with their talent. And this roster. It's amazing. Excellent opening segment between Sammy and Kevin Owens. I like that they tied up loose ends. I look at it a little bit differently than I did on Saturday, even though I still probably would have pulled the trigger on Jey Uso turning on Saturday just to get that fucking magma heat. That mega, mega heat on Saturday in Montreal. They could have still did the same thing that they did with KO and Sammy tonight and just build it off that and still get to the same conclusion. It's just that little, little tweak, that little, little addition That would have made the world of a difference. And that's what led to people saying that it was a little disappointing. But I look at it a little bit differently. I'm a little bit more understanding of it now. uh, Watching Monday play out on Raw instead of doing the stream on Saturday and coming here live after we just had watched it. That was my initial reaction. It is always okay to give an initial reaction. Always okay. If you're a content creator or if you're a podcaster or a reviewer, it's always great to give an initial reaction because that's your genuine feeling in the moment. Why would you want any other feeling to be put out there? You don't want to bullshit your audience. That's the way many of us felt. That's the way I felt coming out of Saturday. Then I went back and watched it today on the train, and I said to myself, I'm looking at this a little bit differently now. It is okay to kind of reassess what I said on Saturday, still firmly believe in what I said on Saturday, but attack it in a different way, a little bit more sensible way, a little bit more of a, hey, I'm going to come down from where I was on Saturday night type of way. It's fine. It's fine. But it makes SmackDown must-see, and it makes Monday must-see with Sammy and KO. Where's that handshake? Where's that hug going to come? We may not even get that hug until WrestleMania. We don't fucking know. I don't know. I'm enjoying it. We're here for the ride. That's all that really matters. We're going to go over the rest of the show, man. Edge and Austin Theory, they were in the main event for the United States Championship. Small part of me wanted Edge to win the United States title tonight just uh, just to kind of get Edge, A, with a championship belt around his waist. And I don't know how you guys feel, man. I'd love to see Edge and John Cena mix it up one more time. I don't know how many more years Edge has in the business He's not really thinking about retirement right now. I know he said he wants to retire in Canada, but uh, he kind of backtracked on 
when he wants to retire. We don't really know right now, he says, and he's taking things day by day, but he does know that his time is dwindling down. I'd love to see John Cena and Edge in the ring one more time, as I do think that Edge is one of John Cena's greatest rivals. So I, I was hoping that we we kind of get that, but I knew we, were, we weren't going to get Edge win the United States Championship tonight. That is the plan with Austin Theory going in. He's been uh, molding himself as the greatest United States champion of all time. We know what John Cena did with the United States Championship in the Open Challenge, the John Cena Open Challenge. Uh, we know that Austin Theory's been using John Cena's catchphrase, the champ is here. So clearly they're setting up for that. And, and I knew Balor was not done with Edge, and I knew Balor was going to, kind of throw himself into the mix tonight anyway in the main event, and that's exactly what we got. So we basically got two WrestleMania matches confirmed without an official graphic yet at Monday Night Raw, at the end of Monday Night Raw. And then there was a big story that broke during the show about Trish Stratus. Apparently Trish Stratus was supposed to be a guest on Ding Dong Hello, courtesy of Becky Lynch and Lita, who were on the show tonight. They interrupted Ding Dong Hello, with Bailey and damage control. And then all of a sudden plans change right before the segment. I got my sneaking suspicions as to why plans changed and why Trish Stratus was not used tonight in Canada on Monday Night Raw. It's going to be a prediction. I don't know anything that's going on. It's going to be a prediction, but we'll talk about that when we talk about Ding Dong Hello and Lita and Becky Lynch kind of crashing the party there on Bailey and damage control. But I want to thank you guys for uh, stopping by tonight, man. Thank you for hanging out with me on this Monday night. We're going to get into the review in just a second. We got 2,600 people in here. I appreciate you guys very, very much. If you're here, man, please hit that thumbs up. I would really, really appreciate it. 2,600 people, we should have... Easy, a thousand likes minimum tonight on Off the Scripts. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content, YouTube Shorts. We were live last night for episode 465, man. We talked about Mercedes winning the IWGP Women's Championship. We talked about Kenny Omega possibly joining WWE and what that means for AEW. We talked about the Ariel Helwani and Tony Khan situation, which got even worse this afternoon. And we talked about potential Sammy and Lesnar WrestleMania plans as well last night. Go check that out on the homepage. Everything you need is on the homepage. Go check it out if you guys want more content. Also, Get those Super Chats in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show. Get those memberships in. We had 10 new members last night. Why? Because when my mother's basement debuts underneath the venue, it's going to be VIP only for that first night, man. So make sure you guys get those VIPs in, those memberships in. You're going to want to be a part of my mother's basement and the unveiling of... The latest extension to the OTS universe. Also, tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew. BlueChew.com, code JD at checkout. Make sure you guys go get your free sample. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. That's BlueChew.com, 
Code JD at checkout. And I want to thank them for once again sponsoring the show right here on Off the Script. We are going to get into Monday Night Raw, man. We talked about the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens storyline that played out to open Monday. And we're going to get into what happened on the very next segment. I don't want to repeat myself. So if you guys want to go hear that again, that is basically what happened in the open of the show. So after Sami Zayn was done with the open and done with Kevin Owens, Baron Corbin, all of a sudden, attacks Sami Zayn in the aisleway. Now, Kevin Owens had walked away. Sami Zayn is walking up the aisleway and into the back, and, and Baron Corbin attacks him out of nowhere. Why did Baron Corbin attack Sami Zayn? Well, apparently last week, Baron Corbin took issue with Kathy Kelly cutting off his interview to go listen to Sami Zayn cut a promo in the ring last week on Raw before the Elimination Chamber. Baron Corbin took issue with this, and Baron Corbin felt like he needed to attack Sami Zayn. Now, I, I want to throw this out at you. I found it to be an innocent, an innocent segment. I didn't really think too much of it. I felt like this was done as a way to tie up that loose end from last week and get Sami Zayn in the ring on Monday in front of the Ottawa crowd and send them home happy from that segment because Kevin Owens was a Debbie Downer in that opening segment. Sami Zayn got the victory. Everybody loves Sami, right? But I will say this. Is it really a positive thing? Is it the best use of Sami Zayn to throw him out there in a match with Baron Corbin, who realistically, let's be real with each other, is one of the worst professional wrestlers, characters, on the WWE roster. If there's a bottom of the barrel, Baron Corbin is at the bottom or at least near the bottom. He's the worst act on the main roster. Nobody cares about Baron Corbin. Is it the best use of Sami Zayn coming out of Saturday to use him tonight in a match against Baron Corbin? Just think about it. He was at the top of the WWE mountain in the ring wrestling for the Universal and WWE Championships against the hottest act in the entire wrestling industry, the top guy in this sport, in Roman Reigns. And WWE feels like it's their best use of Sami Zayn to turn around on Monday and put him in a match with the worst act in the industry. So he goes from the top act to the worst act. Now, I didn't really mind it. I didn't really care about it, but I just want to throw that out at you because it is a glaring, a glaring, hey, I need to mention this on the show, but I get why they did it and they tied up the loose end from the Baron Corbin promo and Baron Corbin was pissed off. It is what it is. Kevin Owens was a Debbie Downer in that segment. He said no to Sami Zayn. They wanted to send the crowd home at least happy with a fellow Canadian in Sami Zayn. Fine. Sammy beat Corbin in about nine minutes. This wasn't really much of anything. This was uh, all done to pop the crowd with Sammy Zayn getting the victory here over Corbin. Sammy was being beaten down. He made a comeback after a commercial break. He knocked Corbin to the floor and then landed a running flip dive onto him at ringside. Corbin back in the ring, took over, 
catched or caught, catched, caught Sammy with a clothesline. He landed a beautiful-looking deep six for a near fall. Sammy, he sprung out of the corner, caught Corbin with a surprise Huluva kick out of nowhere for the one, two, three, and that was it. That was basically all she wrote. So Corbin, again, you know, it was a good use of him coming out of last week. He got some heel heat on himself and, you know, talked shit about Sami Zayn. And the fans love seeing Baron Corbin get beat up. And everybody loves Sammy. So why not? Sammy wins one, two, three. But it is something that I needed to raise, uh, you know, to uh, your attention. I needed to bring this to your attention. You know, Sammy Zayn was in the main event on Saturday and, and then wrestling the, the worst guy that they possibly could have put in there with him on Monday. Is it the best use? I don't know. Are they going to wear Sammy Zayn thin on the road to WrestleMania? I hope not. The less we see of Sammy, in matches like this, the better, in my honest opinion. Just going to throw that out there. The less we see of Sammy in these types of matches, the better. The only time that Sammy should be doing anything wrestling-related is with who he's going to be wrestling with at WrestleMania. That's it. I'd be okay if I don't see Sammy Zayn wrestle until we get the tag team match at WrestleMania. Putting him in matches against Corbin is not really going to do anything for Sami Zayn, negative or positive. It's just a waste of time. Byron Saxton, he sat down with Rhea Ripley, who is the number one contender for the SmackDown Women's Championship in Charlotte Flair. Charlotte Flair, uh, we'll talk about this on Thursday when I go live. Charlotte apparently uh, is uh, mocking the internet wrestling community and taking criticism with the IWC because of... The community thinking that her match with Rhea Ripley is not a main event match for WrestleMania. And then she also said something about not splitting the women's championships because it would give less opportunity to the women on the roster. We'll talk about those ridiculous takes on Thursday. Rhea Ripley and Dominic, they sat with Byron Saxton. Rhea Ripley said she's moving on from the Elimination Chamber. And what happened with Edge and Beth Phoenix to focusing on WrestleMania? Saxton tried to ask a follow-up question here. Dominic interrupted and said, the has-beens are just like his deadbeat dad, not worth talking about. He said if he keeps pushing questions about the past, he'll find out what he did to people who talked too much shit when he was locked up in prison. Saxton then shifted to asking Rhea Ripley about WrestleMania and Charlotte Flair. Ripley said Charlotte can keep living in 2020, but she is refusing to see that in the present day, she is the best woman in WWE. She said the only lesson is she doesn't make the same mistake twice. Oh, really? I hope WWE doesn't make the same mistake twice and have Rhea Ripley lose again to the Android. Rhea Ripley said that she's the best woman in WWE. She doesn't make the same mistake twice. She said if Charlotte wants to put her in her place, she'll show Charlotte that her place is standing on the top of her crumbled queendom and walking out of WrestleMania as the SmackDown Women's Champion. Now, Byron Saxon asks what they can expect Friday when she goes face-to-face with Charlotte on SmackDown. She then said, well, Byron, you're just going to have to watch on Friday and find out. 
Nobody's going to let you know what's going on on Friday. You got to tune into Friday. Dominic said he tagged along with her since her dad has a match on Friday with Karrion Cross, and he'd like to wish him good luck in person. So I like that we're getting some cross-brandedness here in WWE. We got Rhea, Rhea Ripley showing up on Friday, SmackDown. You know, it's nice that Charlotte doesn't make the trips to Monday because I can't stand seeing her two days out of the week. One day is enough. Zero would be perfect. And then Dominic going over to SmackDown maybe sets up a match with Rey Mysterio, and he may actually cost Rey his match with Karrion Cross on Friday, which ultimately will set up the beginning stages of a possible Dominic Mysterio versus Rey Mysterio WrestleMania match. So we will see what happens there. Should be another WWE show that kind of gets everybody ready for WrestleMania without any solid confirmation. But it's going to be another great show on Friday where we can expect more WrestleMania build coming out of the SmackDown show on Friday. Kathy Kelly interviewed Austin Theory backstage. And he's getting ready for his world title match or his United States Championship match, rather, against Edge. Theory said what's bothering him is that the headline isn't Austin Theory is now and forever of the WWE. But instead of it, people talk about John Cena returning to Raw in two weeks. WWE has announced that John Cena is going to be on Monday Night Raw in Boston to do whatever he needs to do, I'm assuming, with Austin Theory. Now, a lot of people were like, oh, John Cena's not going to be there to build his match with Austin Theory. Well, there he is. There he is. Plus, WWE, I believe, has filmed some segments with Austin Theory and John Cena when John Cena was there in Tampa on that last Friday Night SmackDown of 2022. So they do have some things planned for John Cena and Austin Theory. And you can't really blame John Cena now for not showing up during WrestleMania season. He is in the middle of filming a movie. And he is making his way out to Boston to help aid in the WrestleMania build with Austin Theory. So start appreciating John Cena for the fact that he's even on the show to help build this match in person before going back and finishing his movie commitments. John Cena is great. I will not stand for any John Cena slander in 2023. So, he's talking about John Cena, and it's all but confirmed that it will be John Cena and Austin Theory at WrestleMania. He said, no one should care about Cena anymore because he should be appreciated for what he's doing lately. He says he loves that he gets to beat up by Hall of Famer in his, home, in his own home country, crappy Canada. He said his legacy will stand over everyone because he will never lose his United States championship. How is that for a headline, he says to Kathy Kelly. Should be great. Looking forward to the Austin, Austin Theory and John Cena face-to-face in Boston. Dolph Ziggler, your resident bathroom break on Monday night. He went one-on-one with Mustafa Ali. This match went two minutes. Why do I care about Dolph Ziggler and Mustafa Ali? I don't know. Apparently, Ali thinks that Dolph Ziggler's been handed opportunity after opportunity, even sometimes stiffing Ali in the process to go grab an opportunity for himself. And Ali has taken issue with this over the past several weeks. 
Don't know why anybody would care about these two, but that's the storyline here between Dolph Ziggler and Mustafa Ali. Two minutes. Two minutes. Now, normally I'd say Dolph Ziggler and Mustafa Ali going two minutes is creative malpractice. This is a criminal thing, creatively. Two fantastic professional wrestlers going two minutes. But at the end of the day, I mean, do we really want to see these guys in the ring waste their time for us on a storyline that we don't care about? Not bothersome to me. I'm not bothered by it at all. Maybe back in the day I would, but I don't really give a shit. The less we see of this nonsensical, I don't give a shit storyline, the better off Monday Night Raw would be. Don't care. The famouser... Dolph Ziggler hit or landed a Famouser, but Ali Ali leveraged a Ziggler Famouser into a crucifix three count. So the ending of this match was basically all you needed to know. He went for a Famouser, nailed it, but Ali leveraged Ziggler into a crucifix for the three count out of the Famouser. Ali then ran around ringside, holding up his arms, running around ringside like he won the fucking world title. Ziggler was frustrated. Who cares? Who gives a shit? More than likely, this will end up in both of them becoming a tag team in WWE. Because what else do either guy have to do? I don't know. Maybe after WrestleMania, Mustafa Ali takes a little bit more of a serious role. And we get a little bit more of Ali in a prominent role on Monday night or Friday night, depending on where he's drafted, if there's a draft. I don't know. But right now, nobody cares. Kathy Kelly interviewed The Miz. But he was making out with his wife, Maurice, in the background. Making a lot of the internet virgins very salty. You love to see it. So Maurice gave the Miz an envelope that said, Happy Anniversary. Miz read the note, and he was speechless when he read this note in the card. Kelly asked, what did it say? Miz says, well, listen... I am an esteemed journalist, he says. There's that word. WWE loves throwing around the word journalist on their programming now because they love throwing Tony Khan under the bus. They did it on Friday. They did it on Saturday. They use the word journalist again here on Monday. They they love it. They're having a grand old time at Tony Khan and Ariel Helwani's expense. He says he will talk about it and reveal it next week on Miz TV on Raw. Great. I'm sure it means nothing. He ranted about Seth and said he is glad Seth was brought down to earth by his former protege, Logan Paul. He said, in a way, one could say he cost Seth his United States Championship. Miz said the note in the envelope made his dreams come true. He kissed Maurice. And Graves says he can't wait to next week to find out what this envelope says. He may be the only one. Miz is a jobber to the stars in 2023. Nobody cares about the Miz. And I don't know what the letter could reveal next week. Maybe it's a WrestleMania match for him. Maybe it's a WrestleMania role. Maybe he's going to be the host of WrestleMania. I could see it being that. Miz being the host of WrestleMania because he's got nothing else better to do. And he always calls himself the Hollywood A-lister. Miz hosting WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Makes more than enough sense. 
As long as he's not wrestling, I don't give a shit. Cody Rhodes. Cody, 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 Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, he comes out start of hour two. And we are about to hear from Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes was about to say, so Ottawa, what do you guys want to talk about? And all of a sudden we see Paul Heyman interrupting Cody before he could say anything. And we see Paul Heyman on the Titan Tron and he's wearing a neck brace. He's waving to get Cody's attention and he's holding both the WWE and the Universal Championships over his shoulders. Poor Paul Heyman. Love that Paul Heyman really kind of got involved with what was going on here. You know, he's got the neck brace on, selling the stunner from Kevin Owens on Saturday. The guy was clearly not clean shaven like he usually is. He had some, he had enough stubble on his face to show you how disgruntled he was. Gotta love Paul Heyman, man. This man is a man of the people. He is fucking brilliant. Living his best life is Paul Heyman. Love him. So he's got this neck brace on, and he's waving to get Cody's attention. Cody asked, whoa, 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 Paul, where, where are you? Where are you? And Paul Heyman says, well, I'm backstage. That's the problem. That's problem number one here. Paul Heyman's backstage. The fact that Paul Heyman was backstage during this promo actually took away from the impact the promo could have made. But I get why they did Paul Heyman backstage, because he's in a neck brace selling the effects from Kevin Owens in the stunner on Saturday, but Paul Heyman being backstage and not being out there in person with Cody Rhodes very much took away from this segment. Cody told him that he might as well come to the ring if you're back there because everybody wants to hear what you have to say in person. Heyman then said he was mauled. He was mauled on Saturday and he was subject to the miserable Canadian healthcare system. Fans booed him. He says, what should have been a celebratory weekend for him and his tribal chief turned into a tragedy for him. The wise man. He said, this is as close as he wants to get right now. He says, you can't beat Roman Reigns. Flat out say, you can't beat Roman Reigns. Heyman says they can play into everyone's fantasies and explore the idea that the devil collects his debt and Cody beats Reigns. Then, sir, what will your life be like? This is where the entire segment went downhill for me. I thought this was the weakest segment that Cody's been a part of so far in his WWE tenure. Especially... One, where he's building towards a match with Roman Reigns. This was weak. Very, very weak. So he said, what is your life going to be like if you win the world championship? If you beat Roman Reigns? Have you ever heard the phrase indentured servitude? He said Reigns has special counsel. So if Cody beat him for the championships, he won't have Heyman with him. Heyman laid out the responsibilities of being a world champion. He talked about the days on the road and the promotional obligations. He asked if that's what he really wants for his family. He asked and said, would you ever say something vile? Or he would never say something vile about how Roman Reigns can keep Cody's wife warm and happy. 
So he's talking about Brandy now. He said he would never say anything vile about how Roman Reigns can keep Cody's wife warm and happy while Cody is the world champion and out on the road and doing promotional WWE PR. He said Reigns is a happily married man, but I'm not, he says. He assured Cody that he will find out that his WrestleMania dreams are going to become his own personal nightmare. He took off his microphone, swung it around, and then dropped it, and Paul Heyman's part of this segment came to a close. So we got old-school Paul E. Dangerously here with Paul Heyman, basically insinuating that he's going to keep Cody's wife warm. And Roman, he'd never say that about Roman, but I'm not a happily married man. I'll do it for Roman. I'll do it for you. I'll keep your wife warm while you're out there becoming the world champion, right? So, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman continuing to make it personal, continuing to make the Rhodes and Reigns feud personal, doing what he can to egg on Cody. Cody was pacing around, and he was fuming at the mouth, and Cody started to work himself up. He said, Roman's great, but he has seen this play before, And he told him they haven't come face-to-face yet. That's problem number two right there. And when they do, he'll tell him in person that he, without a doubt, the greatest WWE champion of this history, the company's history, but it doesn't change a damn thing. I have to finish the story. Cody's got to finish the story. Sammy's got to finish the story. Chapter has to be written by Sammy. This chapter has to be written by Cody. Again, they have left it open-ended for Sammy, and now they're both using the same dialogue. I don't know if that's by coincidence or if something's going to happen there. I don't know. So he says he has to beat Roman at WrestleMania. I did not like this segment. I thought this segment was weak. I didn't really feel any any personal investment on my end, personally, towards Cody. I did not feel any personal investment here towards the story that Paul Heyman was trying to tell. And Paul Heyman is a master storyteller in his own right. I'm going to reiterate this from what I said in the beginning of the show. You may not like it, and Cody has his detractors, Cody has his fans. Cody has his support system going into WrestleMania. WWE wants you to believe that Cody and Roman is the biggest match that they are doing at WrestleMania this year. It is not. And Cody is not the top priority going into WrestleMania this year. And it's not because WWE is intentionally making it that way. The fans are telling you what is the most important going into WrestleMania. And it's not Cody Rhodes. It is not Cody versus Roman. It is Sammy and whatever Sammy is doing going into WrestleMania. And there's no problem with that. You just need to understand that Cody is not the biggest priority and him winning the world championships is not going to be the biggest priority at WrestleMania. We don't even know if Cody is going to win the world championships at WrestleMania because I gave you every reason why Roman could easily walk out of WrestleMania as the world champion. All because Cody says he's going to finish the story and all because Cody needs to win the world championships and the setting of WrestleMania is the perfect setting for him to do it for Dusty and his family. That doesn't mean anything. 
That doesn't mean anything. Roman Reigns is the greatest final boss in WWE history. I cannot see WWE giving up on Roman Reigns that quickly. Well, not quickly, I should say. Or that easily. With especially a thousand days looming right after WrestleMania. Another 50 days or so. A month and a half. We'll get Roman to 1,000 days. I could see that being a big selling point and creative. Let's get Roman to 1,000 days. Maybe five weeks, six weeks is not enough for Cody and Roman to tell an adequate story. It's not. I told you that at the Royal Rumble. I told you that at the Royal Rumble, and I have been proven correct again. Cody winning the Royal Rumble in the way that he did set the table for how you feel right now. Correct. Cody half-assing the Royal Rumble, coming out at number 30, eliminating or being in there with six others, saying he eliminated 29 other guys. Correct. The half-ass way that they brought him back and made him win the Rumble to where we see him now and how we feel about Cody, it is not there. Though, he is the right guy. That's the problem. He's the right guy, but WWE doesn't have enough time to tell the story in five, six, seven weeks. It's just a fact of the matter. It's just the truth. Sami Zayn is the most important thing going into WrestleMania, and that's not going to change over the next five weeks. WWE really needs to get Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns in the ring together. That was the other point that I wanted to make. WWE needs to get Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns in the ring together. They've been doing a lot of selling with Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes. Now, I understand that they needed to do the Sami thing going into the Elimination Chamber. This should have been priority number one coming out of the Elimination Chamber. Priority number one. Now, I don't know what's going on with the bloodline, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, but Cody Rhodes is on Raw. If Cody wants a face-to-face with Roman, I'd have Cody Rhodes show up on Friday and confront Roman Reigns. Otherwise, we wasted a week here. We can't wait till next week. Let's do it next week on Monday. Let's do it next week on Friday. We cannot ill afford to waste time. Whatever the narrative needs to be, whatever the next phase is with Cody, he needs to do it in front of Roman. I don't care if people tell me to be patient. Just be patient. Be patient. Five weeks is not enough time. Five weeks is not enough time to take the title off of Roman after 900 days. It's not. This is why people have sided with Sammy. Sammy's story's been going on for almost 10, 11 months now. Why do you think the fans choose Sammy over Cody? 10 months compared to five weeks? I think the choice is very easy, folks. We cannot wait any longer. Cody should be on Friday, and Cody should confront Roman on Friday. If we wait till next week, that's another week marked off the calendar, and that's another week where Cody and Roman are not face-to-face. Then we have four weeks. Four weeks. 
Right now, we got 40 days till WrestleMania. 40 fucking days till WrestleMania. That's five and a half weeks. Next week will be four and a half weeks. Got enough time for you to tell the story of Cody Rhodes taking the world championship off the greatest final boss in WWE history? Someone that we don't even know going into WrestleMania, is he actually even going to lose the championships? The longer this goes on, Again, I, I want to state this for the fucking geeks out there that want to misconstrue everything I say and take me out of context. I am with Cody. This is the right match. This is the right guy. Four weeks is not enough story. Four weeks is not enough time to tell the story between these two guys. And this is not enough time to tell the story with the right guy that you got. It's not. And the more this goes on, you will hear me say over the next four and a half weeks, I think Roman should beat Cody Rhodes. And that's not, that's not because I am wishy-washy. That's not because I'm flipping my opinion. I'm just gauging what I see off television. If you asked me this fucking four months ago, yeah. Because nobody knew how hot Sammy was going to get. Now we're in February going into March. And my opinion can change. That's what happens with opinions. It changes. The way we see things materialize, I could have thought Cody Rhodes was the right guy four or five months ago. I could sit here and tell you, I think Roman should, should be the guy to win the match at WrestleMania. And what happens when Cody Rhodes wins the world championship? Are we going to feel the same way collectively about Cody Rhodes? I don't know. We'll see. Asuka. She went one-on-one with Nikki Cross. This went about nine minutes. No real heat to this. Just gave Asuka a victory here as she is now the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship against Bianca Belair. Competitive match. You know, it wasn't really all that exciting at all. Crowd didn't really care about it. No real reaction to what these ladies were doing. Asuka kicked the ring post after Nikki Cross ducked and Cross followed with a reverse DDT on the apron to Asuka. Asuka fought back with some strikes. Typical Asuka offense. Those spinning back fists, three German suplexes, goes for a cover, gets a two count. Cross got some offense in, but Asuka won by submission with her new finishing move. I don't know what they call What is Asuka's finishing move now? It's not the, is it still the Asuka lock? Is she calling it the Asuka lock or is she calling it something else? I don't know. Whatever, Asuka won by submission. And Bianca Belair was on commentary here. She didn't really say much of anything. She was just sitting by the commentary area. Belair entered the ring, had a stare down after the match, and it seemed to be a friendly exchange between Asuka and Bianca Belair. And then all of a sudden, Bianca was freaked out because Asuka was spitting out some blue goo, some blue substance from her mouth, and Bianca got a little freaked out. I'm expecting a great match. I don't know which way the fans are going to swing at WrestleMania, but like I said on Saturday when we talked about the Chamber, Asuka should win the Raw Women's Championship and Bianca should be moved via draft to SmackDown because she's done everything that she could on Monday night. I think Bianca on Friday night would be a better fit for her after the Raw, after WrestleMania. Rings of Saturn, Fujiwara armbar. She's not calling it the Asuka lock anymore, huh? I don't know. I don't, know, I don't know what she's calling it. She won via submission. Who cares? Kathy Kelly was backstage with Carmella. And she asked Carmella what her road to WrestleMania entails now that she lost the Elimination Chamber. 
Carmela said she hasn't any road yet, but she's focused on Asuka. She says she's going to deliver one hell of a receipt to Asuka because Mela is money. I don't think that's going to happen, Mela. Good luck with that. Kathy Kelly then saw Seth Rollins off to the side and caught up with him. She asked him to comment on his good mood. Seth said twice, Logan Paul has ruined his WrestleMania plans. He said Logan thinks it's a game and he wants to call him a clown. He laughed and then got serious and said the joke is on Logan Paul. He said that Paul may not be familiar with a certain side of him, but anyone who has gotten in his way knows that side all too well. He said he'll find out and Logan will get hurt. He laughed and he said the man who wants to take credit for Logan's success is Miz. He's a perfect surrogate to suffer. I don't mind seeing the Miz suffer. Please, have at it. MVP. Oh, God. Oh, God. MVP is backstage with the mighty... He's with MVP. And he spoke about Lesnar and said that Lesnar couldn't escape Lashley's hurt lock and got himself and got himself disqualified on purpose. So Omos enters the picture and he's standing there like this. He's standing there with his arms crossed, like, oh my god, he's the mighty. He's the mighty Nigerian Giants. Omas is standing there. MVP said Omas is challenging him. Omas is challenging him to a match at WrestleMania. I know, listen, I, I, I know, I know, I know, I know. It's, it's awful. It's awful. The, the, sheer, the sheer sight and the sheer thought of that is, is bone-chilling frightening. It really is. He told Lesnar to show up next week if he has the in, intestinal fortitude. Corey Graves then said that would literally be one of the biggest matches ever at WrestleMania. Now, first of all, I don't know. I mean, is is Vince is 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 Vince booking the show? Listen, I know. Is is Vince booking the show? I, I mean, I, I don't really, I don't really know why this was even. Why was this even a segment on TV? Why, why did you throw that out there? It's like they fucking alley-ooped that into the fucking universe. Why? Why would you even tempt fate with something like that? Now, first of all, wh- whoever wants to see this match, I- I'd love for you to bring them to my attention. I'd love to see what these people look like. 
Nobody. And I mean, absolutely, Corey Graves may be the only one. And Corey Graves is a smart guy. But absolutely no one wants to see this match. Nobody. There's nobody on God's green earth that wants to see this match take place at WrestleMania. Maybe Bray Wyatt fans, because I don't know how Bray Wyatt and Brock Lesnar is going to be anything close to a good match. I mean, holy shit. Maybe Bray Wyatt is, you know, thanking his fucking puppets that this isn't him and Lesnar at WrestleMania. First of all, this match sucks. The idea of this match is absolutely god-awful. And number two, I I don't think we have anything to worry about. I genuinely don't think that we have anything to worry about because, honestly, if you guys have been paying attention to the show, you know, Lashley and Lesnar and their terrible match at the Elimination Chamber, it was, again, a fuck finish. They went with the low-blow finish. Nobody was really you know, beaten in that match. And if you guys have been paying attention, it is several weeks now that we've seen MVP kind of chatting it up with Cedric Alexander and chatting it up with Shelton Benjamin. He's kind of, you know, tried to discuss business with Bobby Lashley. It looks like the Hurt Business is getting back together. And this may be one of the things that Triple H was saving for the road to WrestleMania, really getting the Hurt Business back together. I I don't think, you know, there's no way fucking possible for you to convince me if Triple H is booking WrestleMania. There's no fucking way out of a Triple H creative meeting that the idea of Omos and Brock Lesnar was approved upon for WrestleMania. There's no way. There's absolutely... No fucking way humanly possible for that to happen. Honestly, I would not be too concerned. I would put no stock into this whatsoever. What I do think this is, is Lesnar showing up next week, him confronting Omos, and Omos and the thought of Omos and Lesnar at WrestleMania being an absolute troll job. This is what they call a red herring. This is going to be a setup. And the Hurt Business is going to attack Brock Lesnar. And that's what's going to kick off Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Now, you could make a case for Finn Balor Edge inside Hell in a Cell. You can honestly look at Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar inside Hell in a Cell. Either one of those matches would fit inside Hell in a Cell. In fact, I'd probably like to see Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar inside Hell in a Cell more. At least it would be a little bit different than what we've been given the last three times they've been in the ring. But I'm not really excited about a a Lashley-Lesnar match four at WrestleMania. I mean, the first three were fucking terrible. So why are you going to get me into, how how are you going to get me interested in match number four happening at WrestleMania? Now, where does Bray Wyatt fit into this? I don't know. I don't really care. There's nobody that's interested in a Bray Wyatt-Brock Lesnar match. There's nobody. I don't know why you would. I don't know why you would expect Brock Lesnar, who barely fucking works four minutes in any match that he's a part of, how you'd think that that match with Bray Wyatt would be anything more than what we've been given with Brock. You know, Bray needs to get off on the right foot. Putting him in a match with Brock Lesnar is not really setting Bray Wyatt up for success. I don't see it. 
I don't count on that being a WrestleMania caliber match. It sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar, don't care for it. Bobby Lashley, Bray Wyatt, doesn't make sense. Don't care for it. Bray Wyatt, Brock Lesnar, doesn't make sense. Don't care for it. The only thing that I would take and I would accept is Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley somehow joining forces against Bray Wyatt and Uncle Howdy. And even that is stretching it. And even that, it's difficult for me to care. That would be the most intriguing of the options. But a Bray Wyatt-Brock Lesnar match one-on-one, I mean, you gotta be, you gotta be fucking, you gotta be just one of the most mediocre individuals that I've ever come across to find that match anywhere close to enticing. Shit sucks. Well, worse yet, a Bray Wyatt-Bobby Lashley-Brock Lesnar triple threat match. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. I don't know what the fuck they got planned for Bray Wyatt. Why don't we just put him in a match with Uncle Howdy and call it a day? Honestly. I don't think the Omos thing is going to amount to anything. It's nothing more than a fucking setup next week, and I think the Hurt Business officially is back together and back in business. Miz, he went one-on-one with Seth Rollins. Don't really care about this. There's no way that I could care about this. There's no way that I could care about anything regarding the Miz in a wrestling ring nowadays. It's just awful. It really is just awful. Nothing about the Miz stands out to me. And to be quite honest with you, I don't think anybody really gives a shit about the Miz at all either. So... This match went 11 minutes, and Miz walked out. He makes his ring entrance. They're talking about this fucking envelope. This envelope's going to be a big thing going into next week. Seth makes his entrance. He kicked the Miz at ringside, knocking him over the announce desk. Seth chased Miz back into the ring. Miz hid behind the referee. Surprised Seth all of a sudden with a DDT for a near fall. We got a commercial break. So we got a commercial break. And we get back from break. Miz landed a Busyko knee. Miz is still stealing Brian Danielson's offense to this day. I don't know why. Then you want to know why Miz's offense is heralded as the worst offense in the history of WWE. It sucks so bad he's got to steal half of Brian Danielson's moveset. And his finishing move. So he gave him the Busyko knee. He threw the It kicks, which are the yes kicks, but worse. He played up to the crowd. He wound up for the last kick. Seth caught his leg on the last kick, landed a hard elbow to the side of Miz's head. Seth then delivered a stomp. He followed up with a second stomp. Fans chanted one more time. He delivered a third, and the referee called for the bell, and the match was stopped due to referee stoppage. Seth Rollins wins in 11 minutes. That was it. So basically, Seth Rollins curb stomped Miz three times. Goodbye. No more, no less. No Logan Paul. No build for WrestleMania. He just took it out on The Miz because The Miz was the one who brought Logan Paul in to WWE. So he felt like he needed to take his anger out on The Miz. That's all that was. Adam Pearce backstage with Carmella. 
told Carmella that she, or he appreciates her positive attitude so she can have a match with Asuka next week if she wants. He offered a fist bump and she rebuffed it. His phone rang and Chelsea Green was blowing up Adam Pierce's phone. She complained about getting sent to the wrong town. And she said that she can't just be left stranded. He claimed that he couldn't hear her and reception was bad and that he is going to need to go and he hung up on her. So no Chelsea Green. She got uh, she got off at the wrong town and I don't know where she thought she was. I mean, where did she think she was going? What arena did she end up in? What, what town did she end up in in Ottawa? I don't really get it. Where the fuck were they tonight? What town in Ottawa were they in? They were, uh, do I even have? Uh, they, the Ontario, they don't even give you a town. Ottawa, Ontario. Where the fuck did she end up? No clue. Moving on. Chad Gable. He was with Otis backstage. As you see, this show was basically a nothing show. This was a cold show. For a fallout show or a follow-up show to a pay-per-view, there really wasn't much going on here. Chad Gable and Otis looked in the mirror. He was modeling and said, modeling is easy and he'll be great at it because any idiot can be great at modeling. So Bronson Reed walks up and asked if that's how he prepares for a match. Gable says he's on the cusp of a great modeling career. Bronson told him to be ready to model a full body cast. Otis said no one talks to Gable like that. Otis and Reed had a stare down, and we were on the verge of getting a Otis and Bronson Reed match in the future. I'll take it. I'll take it. But tonight we got Bronson Reed and Shad Gable. That was coming up uh, in the third hour. Before we get to that, we got Bailey. She had a ding-dong hello segment I don't like talk shows. I I think they're antiquated. WWE merely uses them to fill TV time and further storylines that they don't really have any clear direction for. So she's there with damage control, and she talked about how unappreciated she is and how unappreciated Dakota Kai and Io Sky are. She said she wants everyone to hear their beautiful voices. She asked Kai how it feels to be the greatest WWE Women's Tag Team Champions of all time. Kai said, it's an amazing question. So Becky Lynch is out there, and she is interrupting this ding-dong hello segment. She says that they haven't defended the tag team titles in so long. So she'd like to actually be a tag team champion heading into WrestleMania. Bailey laughed at this idea of Becky wanting to become a tag team champion. Kai was laughing because she felt like Becky has no friends. So Becky says that she is one person she was thinking of, or she has one person she was thinking of, Lita's music plays. And she's out there and she joins Becky in this ding-dong hello segment. So they enter through the ding-dong hello door, and that's quite cheesy. Bailey asked what Lita is doing here. She said she doesn't even work here. What are you doing here? Bailey said Becky must be desperate to want to team with Lita. Bailey brought up Becky's history with Lita not being so pretty. Becky said she apologized to Lita. 
Lita said she's kind of liking the plan to walk into WrestleMania as tag team champions. That is a key line in this statement, in this promo. She wants to walk in as tag team champions, not challenge damage control at WrestleMania. Walk in as tag team champions. So I want you guys to hang on to that for a second. Lita officially challenged Dakota Kai and Io Sky to a tag team title match. Bailey, with some logic here, says that they don't even qualify for a championship match. Becky touted their resumes. Lita said Becky makes a solid argument, naming off all the title reigns that they had and Hall of Famer and best of this, best of that. Becky asked if they're scared. And Bailey accepted on behalf of Dakota Kai and Io Sky, although Kai and Sky didn't look to be on board with this. Becky and Lita yanked the tag team belts off of them and held them up. Dakota Kai and Io looked anxiously on at Becky and Lita, and Becky and Lita gave the titles back at the end of the segment. Now, the one thing that really got me, you know, laughing is that. Becky Lynch made a Gollum reference here. Becky Lynch made a Gollum reference. She says she gets a little Gollum-y when she thinks about holding championship gold again. She legitimately made a Gollum reference in this promo on Monday Night Raw. You know Becky Lynch's old, old gimmick under Vince McMahon where she was this fucking lunatic and she had this this Gollum-like interpretation to my precious, the little hobbits. <laughs> you know, they had they, they they had Becky Lynch go out there making a Gollum reference in this promo. And you mean to tell me, you mean to tell me that nobody from WWE is keeping tabs on this fucking show? I find that very difficult to believe. Who else in the community continues to poke fun at what Vince McMahon did with Becky Lynch and her fucking precious little hobbits. Who, 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 who? Nobody. You mean to tell me that they're not keeping tabs on this show? Give me a fucking break. They watch. They watch. They know. They listen. Don't listen to anybody else. Now, Trish Stratus was supposed to be a part of this segment. I don't know what had happened here, but Trish Stratus was supposed to be a part of this segment. According to Fightful Select, Sap posted something during the show tonight. There was this segment with Lita and Becky with damage control on Ding Dong. Hello! Trish Stratus was set to return during this segment with Bailey, but it didn't end up happening. Instead, Lita and Becky Lynch showed up and made a challenge for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Details are very uh, scarce right now, but it was confirmed to Fightful that Trish Stratus was the original plan for this segment. In fact, Trish Stratus physically was at the show backstage in Ottawa, but left before the segment happened. When we asked what ended up happening, we were simply told a creative change, which we'll dig more into in the days to come. So Fightful says that Trish Stratus was backstage 
and that she was sent home right before this segment aired on Monday Night Raw. Now, they they cited a creative change. Now, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to try and uh, make sense of it right here. Either one of two things is going to happen here for WWE with the Women's Tag Team Championships. Number one, we get this match happening. I don't know when this match will be happening. Maybe we get it on Monday Night Raw at some point in the next couple of weeks. Damage Control obviously did not want to put the titles on the line in this. Bailey took it upon herself to accept the challenge on behalf of Dakota and Io. So that right there is red flag number one. Dakota is still in a is still injured. She's still walking around with a fucking cast and a crutch. I don't know what's going on there. But it looks like WWE may be taking the belts off of Becky and Lita, or, or taking the belts off Damage Control, rather, and putting them on Becky and Lita because Lita says that she would love to go into WrestleMania as the women's tag team champions. Again, another year WWE cannot fathom Becky Lynch going into WrestleMania without a championship or at least being part of a championship match going into WrestleMania. So I could see Becky and Lita winning the belts, Damage Control having some sort of meltdown, there's an attack, and then Trish Stratus comes out later on to aid Lita and Trish, uh, and Becky Lynch, and we get a six-woman tag team match at WrestleMania. So all the ladies are involved in a WrestleMania match, a major WrestleMania match, because we're not leaving Bayley off the show. We're not leaving Damage Control off the show. So I think that they will end up giving the tag team titles to Becky and Lita. Then they will break it down, and Trish will come out and back up Becky and Lita, evening the odds against Damage Control, leading to a match at WrestleMania. Now, the other thing that I thought about, because what exactly are you going to do with Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler. Are you going to leave Ronda Rousey off of WrestleMania's card? If you if you asked me, I, I don't have a problem leaving Ronda off any fucking show. I honestly feel she makes anything that she's a part of worse. But for months, a lot of people were, oh yeah, it's going to be Becky and Ronda at WrestleMania. I don't think that match makes sense now, four years removed from where they were. I mean, there's no heat at all behind it. But if WWE wants to get froggy here, and again, I must say, I don't see them leaving damage control off the show. If WWE wants to get froggy here, we could get Becky Lynch and Lita winning the tag team championships, going into WrestleMania as tag team champions, and Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler being their opponents, challenging for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. So in some sense, we'll get Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Instead of it being a one-on-one match, we just add Lita and Shayna, and we get a tag team match between four women. I don't really like that idea. I would much rather see the six-woman tag team match with Lita and Trish Stratus against Damage Control. I think that's more of a WrestleMania match. If you ask me, again, Ronda, I I don't have a problem leaving her off the WrestleMania card. But it's going to be very interesting to see where WWE goes with this and how they go about this women's tag team title situation. I do think that it's option number one. But then again, what do you do with Ronda and Shayna? Because we all know WWE is not going to leave Ronda off of the WrestleMania card. Maybe we end up getting some sort of fucking triple threat match. I have no idea. No clue. 
Very interesting what's going on. It's going to be very interesting to see what Triple H has up his sleeve. Candice LeRae. She was interviewed by Baron Saxon backstage. He asked for an update on the status of Johnny Gargano. She said he was banged up following the chamber. But then all of a sudden she stopped talking about Johnny and ran over to Nikki Cross when she noticed Nikki walking backstage. She asked, why has she been following her around? She said she has a match with Piper Niven next week and she can't focus on that because I need to know what's going on with you. Why are you following me? Nikki looked flustered. She muttered something into Candice LeRae's ear and then ran off. So LeRae said, well, that was weird. She told me that all her friends are gone and she's alone. I don't know what that means. LeRae looked down and she said, Johnny Gargano will be back soon. I don't know what Johnny's going to be doing going into WrestleMania. I would love to see him in some sort of role at WrestleMania. Chad Gable. He went one-on-one with Bronson Reed. This went three minutes. This was pretty impressive for three minutes. I'd love to see these guys go longer than three minutes. Chad Gable did a ridiculous German suplex in a bridge. A a German suplex with a bridge to Bronson Reed. Unbelievable. Corey Graves yelled, that was ridiculous. He got a near fall off of it. Otis was on the outside being distracted by Maxine Dupree. She was chatting it up with him. He was obviously distracted by Maxine. She was giving him a business card. And all of a sudden, Chad Gable was like, Otis, he was trying to get his attention. He got squished in the corner by a big splash. Then he goes off the top rope, does Bronson Reed, does the big tsunami, and that was it. Bronson Reed gets a victory over Chad Gable on Monday night. And Bronson Reed continues his domination on Raw. Love it. Elias, he was in the middle of the ring, and he wants a WrestleMania spot. He says, this is the time of year when stars come out, and he said, there's no bigger legend than Elias. This guy must have been smoking whatever Matt Riddle smokes backstage. I don't know. Nobody thinks Elias is a legend. He's a legend only in his dreams. He told Rick Boogs that he better be taking notes in the back. He asked, who wants to walk with Elias at WrestleMania? Nobody. Nobody. What did I tell you guys weeks ago, man? I guarantee you that WWE is going to pair Rick Boogs and Elias up in some makeshift tag team. You got one who plays acoustic guitar. You got the other one who listens to fucking death metal and thrash metal. One plays country. They're going to fuse these two guys together in some fucking hybrid rock and roll country tag team on Raw. Mark my words. That's what they're doing with uh, with, uh, Elias and, and Rick Boogs. Lashley walks out. He beat the shit out of Elias. He gave him a huge slam. And he picks up the microphone. He said that everyone is scared of him. He said even Lesnar panicked and resorted to a low blow. He said, Lesnar, Bray Wyatt, Elias, none of you can stand up to Bobby Lashley. He said if anyone disrespects him, he will put them down. Bobby Lashley came out. He barely got any sort of reaction. He didn't get any sort of reaction at all. And I'm not even going to blame him for that. I just think that's all on Elias. Nobody gives a shit about even beating up Elias. That's how dead Elias is on Monday Night Raw. But Bobby Lashley got no reaction at all in Ottawa. 
Byron Saxon interviewed Edge backstage. He said Edge is chasing a championship for, uh, I think, the first time in a very, very long time. He's now at home in Canada this weekend. Edge said Beth Phoenix is back at home with the kids, and now he feels he can get back to his goals that he had when he first came out of retirement. He talked about Theory having the physical capabilities to define his era, but he's not sure about his mental capabilities. Edge says with age comes wisdom. And more than anyone else in the locker room, he knows it can all be taken away very quickly. He says he's going to smack that stupid duck face off his overly manscaped head tonight. Manscaped.com slash script. Make sure you guys go uh, and get uh, Manscaped. You guys can use promo code SCRIPT20. Manscaped.com, code SCRIPT20 at checkout. There you go. That Manscaped head of his... He says he's running out of time to be champion. He says his second match in WWE was in Ottawa in 1997, and he hasn't wrestled in this building in 18 years. He says it'll feel pretty damn good to win the United States Championship tonight and walk in to WrestleMania as U.S. champion. I like I like Edge. I, I not like I love Edge. Edge is great. He he, he you know I said this for 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 a very long time. I'd love to see Edge get one more run with the world championship before he retires. Whenever that time comes, whoever that may be against, I'd love to see Edge at the top of the card, at least for a little bit before he hangs it up. He's that good. These guys got enough time. They really had a great match here, and they went about 20 minutes or so, almost 20 minutes in the main event. And this was a very good match for the United States Championship. Obviously, everyone was wondering how this match was going to end, and it ended exactly how I thought it would, with Finn Balor interfering in the end. Edge and Theory had a very good match. Uh, Theory tried a superplex at one point, but Edge dropped him, hit a flying crossbody coming off the top rope. Edge followed with some clotheslines, a big flapjack. He did the Edge-O-Matic for a two-count. Theory tried his rolling dropkick, but Edge counted into a sit-out powerbomb. That looked really nice. Theory leapt over a spear attempt, but Edge landed on his feet when Theory tried a monkey flip. Edge applied a crossface, but Theory got a rope break. Theory tried a cover with his feet on the middle rope for a leverage, but the referee caught him. Theory then went for A-Town down his finish, but Edge reversed into an execution DDT for a very close near fall. Edge then set up for the spear, But he saw Finn Balor out of the corner of his eye jump on the ring apron. He ran down to ringside, jumped on the ring apron. Theory tried to catch Edge off guard with a distraction, but Edge punched Balor down. He took care of Theory, tried to schoolboy him for a near fall. But the referee's back turned. Balor caught Edge with a kick to the face. Theory hit A-Town down for the one, two, three, and Austin Theory retains the United States Championship. Uh, the attack at the end of the match, Balor stomped away at Edge. Fans were booing. Balor dragged Edge to the middle of the ring, landed his coup de grace, not once, but twice. And that's the way Monday Night Raw went off the air. So we're not getting Edge versus Finn Balor for the United States Championship. We're not changing gears here and going Edge versus John Cena at WrestleMania. It's still the plan. Balor versus Edge and Theory versus Cena for the United States Championship at WrestleMania. Now, 
A lot of people were like, oh, man, I'd love to see Edge win the United States Championship in a shock move. Theory and Cena doesn't need the United States Championship. I I get that point. But even coming out of the Elimination Chamber and at the press conference after the show, when Edge challenged Austin Theory for the Open Challenge in the United States Championship tonight, I I even said it then. I'm like, Balor's just going to interfere. We're not done with this Judgment Day thing, not by a long shot. We're going to get Balor. We're going to get Edge at WrestleMania. That's going to be the match. It's going to be a little bit different than what we've seen so far. There was a rumor going around before the Royal Rumble that WWE was set to do a Hell in a Cell match with Balor and Edge at the Royal Rumble. They held off on that. And honestly, with all of the Judgment Day, you know, theatrics and the interferences and the blood boiling over and all this chaos... It needs to finally come to its conclusion with Balor and Edge only. Hell in a Cell at WrestleMania. Balor, Edge, that's where I think we're going with that. While Austin Theory is going to have a face-to-face with John Cena in two weeks on Monday Night Raw in Boston to set up their match. And more than likely, it's going to be for the United States Championship. So, WrestleMania is shaping up to be quite the banger. We got Roman Cody... We got the tag team title situation right now kind of in flux. We don't know where that's going. More than likely, we'll get the Usos versus KO and Sami Zayn. We got Bianca versus Asuka. We got Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley. We got Finn Balor versus Edge. More than likely confirmed. It's not really confirmed, but it's all but confirmed tonight. Hell in a Cell, potentially. We don't know what's going on with Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley. That could be the match. We don't know where Bray Wyatt's going to fit into that. We got... um, what else do we got? We got, like I said, Bianca, Oscar. We got, what else is happening at WrestleMania? I, I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, Gunther versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre. And whatever else Triple H wants to do there. I mean, WrestleMania right now, you know, we're five weeks away. We're, we're shaping WrestleMania up to be quite the banger. And I'm excited for it. But nobody should be upset by the ending of tonight's show. Nobody should be upset by the ending of tonight's show because that's exactly what we expected to happen. Anyway, Monday Night Raw fell flat. It it was a cold show. I mean, there were, uh, you know, there were some ups. There were a lot of downs, but at the end of it all, it wasn't really all that exciting to me outside the Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens storyline to open the show. So other than that, and an Edge Theory match that I thought was great, Monday Night Raw was kind of a dud tonight on Monday night. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you hanging out tonight. We are going to get into the Super Chats in just a little bit. I want to thank you guys for all your support. If you guys can please kindly hit that thumbs up, I would really appreciate it. Hit that thumbs up. We have right now 839 likes. I would love if we could get 1,000 likes today on the Monday Night Raw podcast right here on Off The Scripts. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Continue to hit that join button. Become a channel member right here on Off The Scripts. We are going VIP only when we unveil my mother's basement. Can't wait. And go check out all the other content on the channel. Everything you need is right there on the homepage. Today, OTS is sponsored by Blue Chew. 
BlueChew.com, man. You know, Triple H has got some great creative, man. He's got long-term booking on the mind going into WrestleMania season. You guys can do long-term booking of your own in the bedroom, and it all starts with Blue Chew, man. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but it comes in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You guys can take them anytime, day or night. Plan ahead. Be ready whenever the opportunity arises. And the process is very simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com. You consult with one of their online medical providers. And once you are approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. No waiting online at the doctor's office. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. No awkward visits. No awkward conversations. You guys are going to be on your way. And Blue Chew is made in the USA, and they are prepared and shipped directly to your front door in a very discreet package, man. So if you guys want some extra confidence when it comes time to step up to the plate in the bedroom, why not give Blue Chew a shot? And I got a special deal for all my listeners tonight, man. You guys are going to get a free sample of Blue Chew. You guys can actually try Blue Chew for free tonight, today, right here on Off The Script by using code JD at checkout. All you have to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. That's BlueChew.com, and I want to thank them, as always, for being a great sponsor. They are basically family right here on Off the Script. Let's get into the Super Chats, guys. Sinister Classic with a $5 Super Chat. Fun fact. Jay Uso was the first person in WWE to pin Roman. Feel like the bloodline hasn't been about Sammy, but rather bringing back main event Jay. I don't know about bringing back main event Jay, bro. I'm not breaking up the Usos. I'm not breaking up the Usos. Jimmy and Jay can leave the bloodline and turn on Roman. But I'm not, I'm not breaking up Jay Uso and Jimmy Uso. Michelle Moran with a $2 super chat. Might be fun watching the build to KO Sammy uniting. It will be fun. It will be very fun. Nick Williams with nine months. I'd rather have Goldberg dethrone Roman on a random SmackDown than see Lesnar versus Omos. Is Vince in charge? Nine months, OTS for life. The end was predictable, though. Yeah, man. The end was very predictable, but sometimes, Nick, predictable is not bad, brother. Ricardo Linnell with a $5 super chat. Becky name drops Gollum in her promo. Which one of the geeks in the chat is spying for WWE? I don't know. Hopefully they find my ridiculousness funny. Theo with a 1999 Super Chat. JD, I'm calling it now. Cena Edge, world title at Mania. Cena wins 17 and Edge finally retires. I don't know what you're talking about, Theo. Which WrestleMania are you talking about? Next year's Mania or this year's Mania? Because it certainly ain't happening this year. Justin Jenkins with a $1 Super Chat. Thank you, Justin. Bray Watt. 
four months. Hey, JD, happy to be a part of the OTS family for four months officially. Thank you for all that you do. When will the basement be open for business? Can't wait. Um, Sometime around WrestleMania, brother. They gave me a time frame of three months. Theo with $4.99 and a 1999. Can we get the mighty Omos off my TV? It's like watching an episode of Fat Albert. Yeah, Omos is terrible, brother. JD would love to see a Kenny Omega, Jay White, AJ Styles triple threat match at WrestleMania. Well, Kenny Omega said six years ago that his dream opponent, the one thing he wants to have happen before he retires is a match with AJ Styles at WrestleMania. If there's any sense of urgency for Kenny Omega to make it to WWE, this may be his only shot. AJ's 45 and Kenny Omega's 40. How much does he want that match to happen? We'll see. I know Triple H would love to have him. Black Wolf Inc. with $10. I think that I think what WWE did Saturday was the right move. The heart of the bloodline is Jey Uso due to his involvement in stopping KO and... And you said Edge from beating Roman, KO, and Sammy. Solo may be the only true loyal member. Jay Uso, due to his involvement in stopping KO and Sammy from beating Roman, Solo may be the only true loyal member. Nah, I disagree, brother. If they wanted to make the story about Sammy and KO, they could have still did that and made it intriguing. Jay Uso should have maximized that heel heat on Saturday night. Nate, the head of Talent TV, $5 Super Chat. Scott Demore just brought W just bought WWE and his booking WrestleMania. Not just are we getting that Omos match, but Eva Marie and Billy Kay will be main eventing. Bro, I don't know what the fuck you're on, bro. I never want to hear any of those things used in the same sentence ever again. Rivals, burgers, and steaks. 24 months, and he's got his golden microphone. Glad to be here for the last 24 months as a member. Many years to go. OTS for life. That is beautiful, Rivals. Thank you, bro. You are now a part of the elites in the venue. Love to see it. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. As much as the fans want a triple threat match between Sammy and Roman and Cody, as the Rolling Stones would say, you can't get what you always want. It's not Sammy's story, bro. Sammy's story is, is, is what we're seeing with KO. Chris Leon with a eight months. Cheers, man. Looking forward to the grand opening of your mother's basement. I appreciate you, Chris. Tony Brown with a 199. God made Maurice. Wow. Yes. Yes, he did. And he made her for the Mrs. Enjoyment. Eugene Morgan with a $10 super chat. I'm with you. That five weeks isn't enough. Vince may have been, uh, Vince may have one working brain cell left in that he's letting Triple H do this story the right way. Roman put his hands on Jay. I think Jay will turn on Roman. 
It's a possibility, man. It's a possibility. I, I talked about that earlier on the show tonight. Gary Gordon with a $5 super chat. If I'm placing a wager, I'm betting Cody wins the championships at SummerSlam. That's the beauty of Roman Reigns, brother. We don't know. Roman Reigns is so big right now that you just don't know. DGK Dog with four months. Still think Bailey and Becky should have a solo match at Mania. They haven't had a pay-per-view match yet. I'm still waiting on that one banger match from them. Yeah, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. We're getting a multi-woman match. Zero Kaiba with 10 months. JD, if Roman retains at Mania, does he hold the titles till SummerSlam? And who does he drop them to? It may still be Cody, bro. I I don't know. I I, I really don't know. Nobody knows. Hype Shooter with a new membership. Thank you, Hype. What the fuck are you drinking? Mendelfs with a nine months. Hey, JD. So I missed the birthday live stream. Happy belated birthday. You're at the top of the game as always. Funny the way I came across the channel. Thank you, Mendelfs. Happy to have you here for nine months, brother. Gary Gordon with $10. Do you notice when The Miz goes, Super Stale Maurice shows up? Yeah. But do you have a problem with Maurice being on television? I know many of us males do not. Stu Sexton with 15 months. Oh, not 36 months. 15 months. Stu's not a 15-monther. He's fucking headed towards 48 months. $15 super chat by Stu Sexton. Today makes 36 months as a VIP member. Can't wait for the grand opening of your mother's basement. OTS for life. See you Wednesday night. Thank you, Stu. Thank you, man. Stu's got that world title OTS emote. That badge next to his name. Great. Tommy Brannigan with 13 months. Awesome show, JD. Looking forward to WrestleMania. OTS for life. Thank you, Tommy, for 13 months. Mohammed with a $5 super chat. People say Cody gets handed everything when Sammy asks for a title match and just got it. At least Cody actually won the Royal Rumble. I don't like your tone, Mohammed. Cody, Cody won the Royal Rumble, but he did it in the most unimpressive way possible. The Gary Sphere with a $5 Super Chat should have just had the lights go out during Brock versus Bobby Lashley Elimination Chamber to have Bray attack both of them and never have Bray tease it on SmackDown. Would have been epic. Yeah, I agree. Paul Van Tassel with 26 months. I can't wait to see Becky Lynch and lead a team together next week. They're my two favorite women wrestlers. Oh, is that match happening next week? Are they doing that tag team title match next week already? Ricardo Linnell with $5 Super Chat. JD, you might seriously be working for WWE for free without even realizing it. WWE thieves on this show. I know. I know. Stealing my fucking jokes now, huh? Sid, 01, with a 100 in his currency. 
Triple H, Bruce, let's hire this guy, JD. He seems good. Let him fix Cody's problems for us. They never hire me, bro. I'll never get invited to a media scrum. I'll never get invited to anything that they do, man, just because of what I do and who I am. Sarit Mohanty with a new membership and then a super chat. Thank you, Sarit. No message. Ricardo Linnell with a $2 super chat. 185 pounds times five. Keep up the great work, JD. OTS for life. Thank you, Ricardo. Appreciate you, brother. Cryback with a 199. Cody should show up this Friday to confront Roman. I agree. Thank you, Cryback. You make a lot of sense, Cryback. Sir Toasty becomes a new member. Toasty. What are we toasting to, brother? Or I should say, what are we toasting with? What are you drinking? And Joseph Taylor, no. I do not like the Rolling Stones with a $2 Super Chat. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to get out of here, man. I appreciate you hanging out, man. Another two-hour stream in the books. Monday Night Raw in the books. You'll see me back live on Wednesday for what looks to be a very unimpressive Dynamite. I'm not really excited about Dynamite at all on Wednesday, and I'm telling you right now, Dynamite looks like shit on Wednesday. Like Tony Khan fell asleep at the fucking wheel and booked Dynamite. Ridiculous. Anyway, guys, I appreciate you hanging out tonight. Next time we are in the venue is on Wednesday for Dynamite, then Friday for SmackDown. I think you'll see me on Thursday live as well with uh, some extra... But until then, keep an eye on the YouTube. Keep an eye on Twitter, man. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Make sure you guys follow me on social media. At JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Cameo. Make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel. YouTube shorts are there. There'll be more tomorrow. The live streams from this weekend. We got the Chamber live stream on Saturday. We got episode 465 live on the homepage from Sunday night. Everything you need is there, man. Plenty of content for you guys. That Chamber stream did awesome, man. We did almost triple the amount of whoever was number two behind us, man. We did almost 5,000 people on Saturday night. Awesome. Last year, we did 3,000 for the Elimination Chamber. Topping ourselves year over year, man. Love it. And go check out Blue Chew, bluechew.com, code JD at checkout. Guys, I'm getting out of here. You'll see me on Wednesday with Jesse. I need those ace emojis in the chat. I need those Mustang emojis in the chat, those rock on emojis in the chat. And I need you to turn that music up to max. I will see you guys on Wednesday live for AEW Dynamite right here on Off the Script. I'll see you guys later.